السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته بسم الله والحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه ومن وله قال رب شرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل الأقدة من لساني يفقه قولي اللهم زدنا علما All praise and thanks is due to Allah سبحانه وتعالى Peace and salutations upon Muhammad ibn Abdullah Salawatullahi wa salamuhu alayhi Peace and salutations upon his family, upon his friends And upon all those who try to emulate him until the end of time Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala begins the surah and he says Alhamdulillahi alladhi anzala ala abdihi al-kitaba Wa lam yaja'al lahu iwaja So alhamdulillah All the praise and thanks be to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Alladhi anzala ala abdihi al-kitaba Who has sent down to his slave Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Al-kitaba, the book Walam yaja'al lahu iwaja And has not placed therein any crookedness so all praise and thanks is due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. And we cannot thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala enough. لَإِن شَكَرْتُمْ لَأَزِيدَنَّكُمْ وَلَإِن كَفَرْتُمْ إِنَّ عَذَابِي لَشَرِيدٌ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions in Surah Ibrahim that if you thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he is going to Increase you But if you do not thank Allah Azza wa Jal Then know that وَلَإِن كَفَرْتُمْ إِنَّ عَذَابِي لَشَدِيدٌ They know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's punishment Is severe And here we see The balance in the Quran Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala He mentions one thing And then he gives the Opposite after that. Right? So you have thanks, gratitude, and what's the opposite of that? Not showing thanks, right? Being ungrateful. So, la insha that if you are thankful, right? And what does it say after that? Wala in But if you don't show gratefulness and you don't give thanks to Allah, they know that Allah's punishment is severe. And this should be the balance of every da'i as well. Every teacher, every caller to Islam. Right? There should never be the imbalance. right? Either that you just preach love. Right? So you find in today's time some of the du'at that Allah is ghafoorur rahim. And this is what they preach. But they forget the other part, other part that Allah is what? That is severe in punishment. 
and then you get the other side, they only preach about Allah's adab. If you don't make salah, you're going to get punished. If you don't do this, it's going to happen to you. If you don't do that, that's going to happen to you. So, but where's the balance? So on the one hand, you speak about Allah's love and Allah's mercy. But on the flip side, you need to speak about if you don't follow Allah's rules, there's going to be certain consequences. And this is the theme, one of the themes of the Quran. One of the messages in the Quran is that. That Allah Azza wa Jal, He praises, he, you thank Him, He gives you, He loves you. If you follow his way, if you follow his teachings, you follow the way of Muhammad sallallahu alaihi But if you go contrary to this way, then there's going to be some form of punishment. The book of Allah subhanahu wa taala, the Quran, was sent to Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam via Jibril. So Jibreel alayhi salam He comes and he Brings the verses To Muhammad Sallallahu alayhi wasallam 114 chapters In the Quran Just over 6,000 verses Less than 7,000 And Allah knows best There is no crookedness In this book Yani the Quran Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he mentions and he says at the start of Surah Al-Baqarah That this is the book يعني the Quran There is no doubt in this book As a guidance to those who are the muttaqeen, the muttaqoon. Those people who have taqwa. And now, in the next month or two, we're going to hear this word a lot. Ya ladina amanu, kutiba alaykum usiyam. كَمَا كُتِبَ عَلَى الَّذِينَ مِنْ قَبْلِكُمْ لَعَلَّكُمْ تَتَّقُونَ Those people who have taqwa. So if I were to ask you, define taqwa. How would you define taqwa? What is taqwa? Naam. To be constantly aware of Allah. Okay. Anyone else? To obey the commandments of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and abstain from the prohibitions of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Taib. Excellent. Next? Fear. Fear Allah. Taib. Anyone else? Now. One more person. Piety. Piety. Taib. Right, so Ali ibn Abi Talib, 
May Allah be pleased with him. He defined taqwa. And you're going to find a few definitions of taqwa. But the one that Ali radiallahu an gives. Right? It's a very good definition. He says that taqwa is al-khawful jali. It is to fear Allah azza wa Right? So that's the first part. To fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Wal-amalu bitanzil. And to do the actions of that which were revealed. Meaning to follow Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's commands. And to stay away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's prohibitions. And then he says the third one. To be content with a little. Right? To be satisfied with what you have. If you have a lot, alhamdulillah. If you have a little, also alhamdulillah. Because today you have a lot, tomorrow you don't have. And we don't need to look that far. Go a year back. Around this time. Right? This is when our country basically went into lockdown. Correct? Around March, whatever. And six months from that time, that passed. That December from last year. So people that were there. And then they became me. Right? It's a reality. And also remember, that's what Allah says in Surah Ali Imran. وَتُعِزُّ مَنْ تَشَاءُ وَتُذِلُّ مَنْ تَشَاءُ That Allah Azza wa Jal, He gives izzah to whomsoever He wills. Right? He can raise you. وَتُذِلُّ مَنْ تَشَاءُ But that same Allah can bring you down. What is one of the advices that Luqman gave to his son? He said, Oh my beloved son, do not walk on this earth warty. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala He gives now And He takes away tomorrow So to be content with a little And in the last one Ali radiallahu an The last part of it This definition He says And to prepare for the journey What journey is He talking about? For qiyamah or death Right? Prepare for that So this is the definition of taqwa some people they define taqwa as just one word or two words actually to fear Allah right rather we should rather say to be God conscious to be aware of Allah because what does the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam say in a hadith he says ittaqillahaythuma kunt that be God conscious of Allah wherever you are Right? Yani know that Allah is watching you wherever you are. And follow up. If you do a bad deed, follow it up with what? With a good deed. And be good to people. Treat people well. So, right, as time goes on, getting closer to Ramadan, in Ramadan we'll speak more about Taqwa.
And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala He says Qayyiman liyunthira ba'san shadida Min ladunhu wa yubashira al-mu'minin Alladhina ya'maluna al-salihat Anna lahum ajran hasana So Qayyiman liyunthira That he has made it Straight to give warnings and to the disbelievers of a severe punishment from who? from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and to give glad tidings وَيُبَشِّرَ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ and to give glad tidings to those who believe الَّذِينَ يَعْمَلُونَ and they are those who do الصَّالِحَاتِ they do righteous deeds. So for those that do righteous deeds, for them they shall have a fair reward, yani Jannah. And we ask Allah Azza wa Jal to make us of those that will enter Jannah. So now we want to look at that He has made it Qayyiman. He has made it straight. So firstly, right, the last part or the last word of the previous verse, what was the word? Iwaja. Correct? There is no crookedness in this Quran. Secondly, he starts and he says, Qayyiman. That he affirms that it is straightforward. That this Quran, it is a book that is straightforward. And affirming that it's straightforward implies that it does not enjoin anything except that it is good. And it does not speak of anything but the most sublime issues. Which are those things that fills the heart with ilm, with knowledge, with faith, and wisdom. The book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it tells us about the names and the attributes of Allah azza wa jal. Right? The asma and the sifat of Allah. It tells us about the actions of Allah azza wa jal. What Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does. It tells us about the stories of the unseen. Speaks about, for example, in the surah, we can speak about the ruh. It speaks about the future. Things that's going to come. For example, qiyamah. It speaks about the past. Things that happened years ago. Hal ataka hadithu Musa. Right? The story of Musa. Story of Isa. Yusuf. Lut. Right? All the Anbiya. Wa rusulan qad qasasnahum alay. Right? Stories of the Prophets that we mentioned. 
And stories of those that we did not mention. This is of the past. Allah also in this Quran, in this book, it commands and it prohibits. And Allah commands you to do certain things and He advises you to stay away or commands you to stay away from other things. So He says, وَأَقِيمُ الصَّلَةِ And establish salah. But He says to you, وَلَا تَقْرَبُ zina," And do not go near zina. إِنَّمَا الْخَمْرُ وَالْمَيْسِرُ What does He say? This is ridges min amali shaytan. This is from the fault, the work of shaytan. So he commands and he prohibits. He purifies and he cleanses the souls as well. He makes them grow and perfect and perfects their characters. Because they are based on the perf- perfect justice, fairness, sincerity and true servitude to Allah Azza wa Jal, who is the Lord of the worlds alone. The Quran teaches us also as well that Allah has no partner, no associate any associate and with regards to the book or with regards to a book that is described in such terms it is very appropriate that Allah should praise himself for having it sent down and that he should remind his slaves of this great favor and what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say in Ar-Rahman and which of that favors of your Lord would you deny? Have you ever thought, has it ever crossed your mind? What if Allah never wrote for me to be a Muslim? What if I never experienced this book of Allah Azza wa I never followed the ahadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Yeah, I might have been Muslim by name. But I never practiced this deen. Right? Open the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Read a page. Read the translation of it and see. You cannot be that same person. Before you open the book and after you read the book. There has to be change. We need to become better people. Is something wrong? If we read the book of Allah and we don't, change. So Allah says, To give a warning to the disbelievers of a severe punishment from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is the first warning in the surah. Right, second verse, first warning. And this in itself is a very stern warning from Allah Azza wa Jal to the kuffar. And this includes punishment in this world and punishment in the year after. Some people... They get punished in this world and they get punished in the next. Others get punished only in the year after. Right? So sometimes, you know, we 
we human beings and you know we think look at this kuffar look at these people that don't believe in Allah Azza wa Jal but see beautiful houses beautiful cars nice family you know they live their life man they knock over at work at 3 o'clock they go take a nice cycle take a nice swim you know this is this is the life but we forget sometimes that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives them in this dunya take but come the day of qiyamah then what happens now things have changed now we look at the other side of the coin so sometimes yeah, it's human nature you're going to feel that ah, why can't I have this why can't I have that but no that Allah Azza wa Jal he gives it the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam what did he say he said that this world is a prison ad-dunya sijnu mu'min wa jannatul kafir that he says that this world that this dunya is a prison for the believer and it is a paradise for the kuffar so never ever forget this and Allah Azza wa Jal right like we said it includes his punishment in this world and the punishment in the year after this is also one of his blessings that he alarms and he explains and he shows his slaves and he warns them of that which will cause them harm and destroy them and this is like the verse in which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala after giving a description of the fire he said ذَلِكَ يُخَوِّفُ اللَّهُ بِهِ عِبَادَهُ يَا عِبَادِ فَتَّقُوا that thus Allah instills fear in the hearts of the slaves and then he says oh my slaves then fear me so there needs to be this type of fear of Allah Azza wa Jal right there's no example unto Allah Azza wa Jal but take a father for example there needs to be that certain amount of what fear that the child also has for the father correct you can't just be okay no you know what every day gonna go play sport we're gonna go play cricket ah we're just going to have a good time when he reaches 15 16 then he's sitting on the daddy's head now he wants to be the father i want to go out with my friends i want to do this i'm not coming home the weekend i'll see you guys sunday night or monday morning and now we start seeing the other side so that is why there needs to be that bit of fear as well but obviously there's going to be much more love there's going to be much more rahma reminds me of the hadith of rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam where the sahabi came to him where he saw that the prophet sallallahu was kissing one of his grandchildren and he said you know i have 10 children or 10 grandchildren 10 children and i've not i don't kiss them I don't show them affection. I don't show them love. What does the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam tell him? 
the one that does not show love will not be shown love by Allah Azza wa So you need to show compassion, you need to show mercy, but also there needs to be that form of that strictness, that form of fear as well. Now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala changed the dialogue again and speaks to who now? To the believers. وَيُبَشِّرَ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ الَّذِينَ يَعْمَلُونَ الصَّالِحَاتِ أَنَّ لَهُمْ أَجْرًا حَسَنًا and give glad tidings to the believers. Those people that believe in Allah Azza wa Jal and they don't ascribe partners to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What does believing in Allah Azza wa Jal entail? I pose a question. Right, so yes, we grew up, follow Allah, believe in Allah. Be a mu'min, be a Muslim. But what does this entail? What must I do? Now. Believe in the Quran and follow the Sunnah of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Okay? But everyone says they follow the Quran and the Sunnah. Hey, if you worship Allah alone, okay, good. But how do we worship Allah alone? How do we become that proper Muslim? Establish Tawheed. Right? The oneness of Allah Azza wa So the basic, basic is the hadith of Jibreel. Right? Just the one part where he asked, what is Iman? So the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he says that Iman is to believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Wal malaika and to believe in the angels. Wa kutub and to believe in the books. That were revealed to the previous Anbiya and the Quran to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. To believe in Yawmul Akhir, the last day. To believe in all the prophets. To believe in Qada and Qadr. That in Allah's divine decree, everything happens for a reason that Allah has decreed. But the iman in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is extremely important. That we need to follow and believe in Allah and worship Allah azza wa jal. How Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam worshipped Allah azza wa jal. That is why the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was salah. What does he say? He says, Sallu kama ra'aytumuni usalli. Make salah as if you have seen me, make salah. That take your manasik, take your hajj rituals from me. And like that, every action of ibadah we take from Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So, right, Allah mentions and He speaks to the believers. 
And he speaks about doing righteous deeds that they will get the reward and that is bi'idhnillah al-jannah. So here we find that it is and Allah has sent down to his slaves the book, yani the Quran. And in this book, like we mentioned, it gives glad tidings to those who believe. That believes in him and in his messengers and in his books. Those who, and they are those whose faith is complete. And Allah Azza wa Jal has enjoined upon them righteous deeds. And it is both wajib, some of them, and some of them are encouraged deeds. Right? Things that are far, things that are mustahab. And on the basis of both sincerity and following the teachings of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Alladina ya'maluna salihat. Those who do righteous deeds. Right? Alladina ya'maluna salihat. So Shaykh Muhammad al-Amin al-Shinqiti. Right? In his famous tafsir, Adwa'ul Bayan fi idah al-Quran bil-Quran. So Sheikh Muhammad Al-Amin Al-Shinqiti He was from Mauritania He moved to Medina to Nabawiya And this is where he became established He studied with certain ulama But he came there already as an alim And he taught in the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam's masjid as well And he was very famous He had a few famous books Different fields but of his most famous book is Adwa'ul Bayan. It is a tafsir of the Quran. Unfortunately, the Sheikh did not finish the tafsir. Had about 10 hajjahs left or something, which was completed by one of his students, and Allah knows best. But here he says, Fi idahil Quran bil Quran. So his tafsir is based primarily on Quran explaining Quran. So this is the first tafsir you will get. Tafsir al-Quran bil-Quran. The second one is tafsir al-Quran bil-Sunnah. You will read the ayah and you go to the Sunnah. And then you get tafsir by the author of the Sahaba. What the Sahaba said about the ayah. So here the Sheikh highlights a very important point. And he says that actions are only considered good if it meets three conditions. So I make salah, I fast in the month of Ramadan, I go on hajj, I give sadaqah, I pay my zakah, whatever I did, but now I want to know, will this action be accepted by Allah Azza wa Jal? So here's the three ways, this is the criteria. This is your yardstick. So now you need to see. Point number one. It must follow that which Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam came and taught us. Allah says, وَمَا آتَاكُمُ الرَّسُولُ فَخُذُوهُ وَمَا نَهَاكُمْ عَنْهُ فَانْتَهُ And whatsoever the messenger, peace be upon him, gives you, Take it. 
And whatever he forbids, abstain from it. Right, so this is a very important point. Whatever Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam came with, he taught us, we accept. We do. Whatever he never did in ibadah, right, we do not do. Right, Allah says, Allah wa Rasul. And obey Allah and obey His Messenger. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Kul in kuntum tuhibbun Allah fattabi'uni yuhbibakum Allahu wa yawfir lakum dhunubakum wallahu ghafoorur rahim Kul ati'u Allah wa ati'u Rasul If you truly want to love Allah Azza wa Jal then what must you do? You must follow Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Right? Kul in kuntum tuhibbun Allah fattabi'uni yuhbibakum Allah. And if you follow Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, who's going to love you? Allah is going to love you. And say, Ati'u Allah wa ati'u Rasul. That obey Allah and obey His Messenger. These are not my words. Right, open the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and go check what Allah is saying regarding following Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Point number two. That the action must be done for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَمَا أُمِرُوا إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُوا اللَّهَ مُخْلِسِينَ لَهُ الدِّينَ حُنَفَاءَ وَيُقِيمُوا الصَّلَاةَ وَيُؤْتُوا الزَّكَاةَ وَذَلِكَ دِينُ الْقَيِّمَةِ And they were commanded not but that they should worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and worship none but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Do not ascribe any partners to Allah azza wa jal and perform salah and give zakah and that is the right religion. Inna dina indallahi al-Islam. That the deen by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is Islam. It's point number two, sincerity. Do things for the sake of Allah azza wa jal. Don't do things to please people. And in point number three, there's a hadith that came to mind under point number two. It's quite a lengthy hadith. So time won't allow us, inshallah, if we have time at the end, can remind me and I will narrate to explain the hadith to you, bismillah. Point number three, that these actions must be done with a correct belief, with a correct aqidah. You have someone calling on graves, worshipping idols, calling upon the dead and he does action after action after action so he knows that calling unto the dead is shirk he knows that worshipping the grave is shirk he knows that sihr magic is shirk going to the magicians the fortune tellers etc but he still makes salah five times a day this is null and void habitat a'malu as Allah says 
right? That the deeds will be null and void if they don't have the correct aqidah, the correct belief. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala He says, مَا كِثِينَ فِيهِ أَبَدًا وَيُنذِرَ الَّذِينَ قَالُوا اتَّخَذَ اللَّهُ وَلَدًا that they shall abide therein forever. Ma kithina fihi abada. Those people that do good deeds, where are they going to be? They're going to be in Jannah and abide in there forever. Wa yundira alladina qalu attakhadallahu walada. And again, warning, what warning is this number? Two now, right? So warning number two. And to warn those Yani the Jews, the Christians, the pagans, all those that follow other than the way of Allah. That Allah has begotten or those that say that Allah They ascribe that Allah has a son. So now we're going to see. Right? So they utter such evil words. And they speak on the basis of a certain knowledge which they do not have. Or knowledge that they or their forefathers whom they imitate and follow possessed. Rather they followed nothing but conjecture and their whims and fancies. So what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? وَقَالُوا اتَّخَذَ الرَّحْمَنُ وَلَدَ لَقَدْ جِئْتُمْ شَيْئًا Idda Takadu samawatu Yatafattarna minhu Watanshakul ard Watahirul jibalu Hadda Andaulil Rahmani Walada Wama yambahilil Rahmani Ayyatahid Walada So this is towards the end of Suratu Maryam the surah before suratul Kaf. So here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is explaining that they say that the most beneficent Allah azza wa jal has begotten a son. And in another verse, for example, the Jews, right, they say that Uzair is the son of Allah. And they say that Isa, Isa is the son of Allah as well. Who says this? The Christians. So here they say that Allah Azza wa Jal has begotten a son. And indeed you have brought forth something which is terrible. And then Allah says, Takadu samawatu. That whereby the heavens are almost torn and the earth is split asunder. And the mountains fall into ruins. Why is this been said? All this can happen because these people they ascribe a son to Allah Azza wa Jal. And then Allah Subhanahu wa Taala says that they ascribe a son to the most beneficent, but it is not suitable for Allah Subhanahu wa Taala that he should beget a son or have offspring. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he says مَا لَهُمْ بِهِ مِنْ عِلْمٍ وَلَا لِآبَائِهِمْ 
كبرت كلمة تخرج من أفواههم يقولون إلا كذبا that no knowledge do they have they do not have any knowledge of such a thing nor had their forefathers كبرت كلمة that mighty is the word that comes out of the mouth تخرج من أفواههم يقولون إلا and what comes out of their mouth is nothing but lies that Allah has a son Allah has a daughter etc these are all kadib these are lies and as we go on we will see right so they have no knowledge of Allah they do not know who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is then also it is impossible aqlan and shar'an it is impossible logically right and shar'an with the sharia that Allah azza wa that he has a son it doesn't make sense that the greatest being ever the lord of the worlds the one has created everything he's in charge of everything but he has offspring then if you go to the text right to the sharia how many ayat in the quran doesn't allah speak about this doesn't allah explain this how many ahadith of rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam does not explain this that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not have a son kaburat kalimatan takhruju min afwahihim iyakuluna illa kadiba that mighty is the word that comes out of their mouths and this indeed is a huge claim against Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala kaburat kalima some of the ulama they say it is used for ta'ajub for amazement Yani like exclamation that like you become amazed man, at this claim that Allah Azza wa Jal has a son that the word that comes out of their mouths is nothing but lies to ascribe a son to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that it has no basis apart from what they say and they have no evidence for it apart from their own lies and fabrications right study the trinity for example study how they claim that Allah have a son, has a son right then you will come to the end of this verse that they utter nothing but a lie and Allah Azza wa Jal, he says in the Quran regarding Nabi Isa وَمَا قَتَلُوهُ وَمَا صَلَبُوهُ وَلَكِنْ شُبِّيَ لَهُمْ وَمَا قَتَلُوهُ they did not kill him وَمَا صَلَبُوهُ they did not crucify him وَلَكِنْ شُبِّيَ لَهُمْ but what did we do? we made tashbih this word tashbih means that we basically let someone else look like Nabi Isa. And what does Allah say towards the end of this verse? Bar Rafa Allahu ilayhi 
Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he says فَلَعَلَّكَ بَاخِعٌ نَفْسَكَ عَلَىٰ آثَارِهِمْ إِلَّمْ يُؤْمِنُوا بِهَذَا الْحَدِيثِ أَسَفَ That perhaps you would kill yourself O Muhammad in grief over their footsteps because they turn away from you because they believe not in this book, yani in this narration. So here the word la'alla, according to Sheikh Shintiti, means that one must not be saddened or grieved by them. Right? So this la'alla is basically brought here for grief. So he's saying that Allah is telling Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to not be saddened by these people. This is a message as we're going to see now when we carry on for the du'at as well. For someone that calls to Allah Azza wa Jal. Don't be saddened by the people because right, they're going to make you tired and they're going to make you sad. In one way or another, you're going to become sad. The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he wanted everyone to be guided. Correct? This was his mission. When the people never accepted the message in Makkah, and Medina, how didn't the Prophet ﷺ feel? He felt upset. He felt sad. He felt that maybe I did something wrong. And this is why the people's not coming to the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he strove hard. He shed blood in Taif. He fought in Badr. He fought in Uhud. For what? So that the people can become Muslim. So it's obvious that someone's going to grieve. It's obvious that someone's going to be sad. So he would rejoice and be happy, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, when people were guided, and he would feel sad and be filled with sorrow for the misguided disbelievers. And out of his compassion and pity towards them, and this is why Allah Azza wa Jal instructed him not to be distracted by the worry or sorrow for these people who did not believe in the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he says فَلَا تَذْهَبْ نَفْسُكَ عَلَيْهِمْ حَسَرَاتٍ So do not let yourself waste away in sorrow for them. And you, O Prophet, right? You are going to destroy yourself with grief over them. That is, with sorrow over them. For your reward is due from Allah Azza wa Jal. And if Allah knew of any good in this people, He would have guided them. But He knows that they are not fit for guidance. And He knows that they are not fit for nothing but the fire. This is in the wisdom of Allah Azza wa This is what Allah Azza wa knows. He's the creator. So he knows those who are going to Jannah. And he knows those who are going to Jahannam. May Allah save us from Jahannam. Therefore he has forsaken them. 
and they were not to be guided so distracting yourself with worry and sorrow for them will not benefit you in any way right Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he says innaka that indeed you O Muhammad la tahdi you cannot guide man ahbabta whomsoever you would like to guide walakin Allah but it is Allah yahdi may yasha it is Allah who guides whomsoever he wills and this needs to be understood correctly that Allah guides whomsoever he wills and then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he says right with regards to Nabi Musa قَالَ رَبِّ إِنِّي لَا أَمْلِكُ إِلَّا نَفْسِي وَأَخِي فَفْرُقَ بَيْنَنَا وَبَيْنَ الْقَوْمِ الْفَاسِقِينَ that he Musa said oh my lord I have power only over myself and my brother فَفْرُقْ بَيْنَنَا وَبَيْنَ الْقَوْمِ الْفَاسِقِينَ so separate us separate us from the people who are the Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then says إِنَّا جَعَلْنَا مَا عَلَى الْأَرْضِ زِينَةً لَهَا لِنَبَلُوَهُمْ أَيُّهُمْ أَحْسَنُ عَمَلًا وَإِنَّا لَجَاعِلُونَ مَا عَلَيْهَا صَعِيدًا جُرُزًا That verily and indeed we have made that which is on the earth as an adornment for it in order that we may test mankind as to which of them are best in deeds right? this is it this is something very important see what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that we are going to test them as to see لِنَبَلُوَهُمْ أَيُّهُمْ أَحْسَنُ amala. The best in deeds. What does Allah say at the start of Surah Mulk? Alladhi khalaqal mawta wal hayata liyabluwakum ayyukum ahsanu amala. Again, what is, who is the best in actions? So here we see something very important. And Allah Azza wa Jal, He does not say, Aktharu amala. The most in good, most good deeds. But rather he says, Ahsanu amala. The best of deeds. So what do we understand about this? That Islam is not based on how much you do. But Islam is based on how well you do something. Right? And with this comes, and this is what the ulama explain under this verse, that it comes that you need to do ahsanu amala the best of your deeds and this is based on the Quran and the Sunnah upon the understanding of the pious or pious predecessors and verily we shall make all that is on the earth a bare dry soil without any vegetation or trees so here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us that he has made 
all that is on the face of the earth delicious food drink etc fine dwellings trees rivers crops right everything that you see beautiful scenery right he has made this as an adornment for this realm and as a trial and a test Allah gives you children it is a trial and a test yes it's adornment it is good but also it is a trial nice car nice job nice family nice food a lot of wealth they're all good things but it is a test for you as well you have someone maybe earns a hundred thousand rand for him to give zakah 2.5 of that hundred thousand not much right how much is he going to end up with 2.5% hmm? of a hundred thousand rand sorry so two and a half thousand he must pay right he still has it but now someone that has a million or a billion how much is he going to give right so now you see the richer you are the what happens now now you start trying to look for loopholes in the zakah but if it's only 2500 rand give it to the smile so give 3000 rand or so why you know it's still 500 and just in case I calculated wrong but now when I must start giving a million rand or 3-4 million rand it's a lot of money so now we start trying to look for loopholes so this is why wealth can also be a trial and a test so in order to test them Allah says and see which of them have the best conduct right we explain this so we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to guide and protect us and we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us of those that we understand the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala correctly. And that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that he forgives our shortcomings. Mm-hmm. And that he forgives that of our parents, of our grandparents, etc. And we stopped at this verse, at verse number 8. The reason for stopping here is because next week inshallah, Basically from verse number 9 speaks about the story of the Ashabul Kaf, About the youth and the cave. So I thought now I'm going to do one ayah, two ayahs and it's going to go in. So we start exactly from the story. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik. Ashadu wa la ilaha illa astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayk. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.